Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting things today, the scams that are driving the headlines. And we certainly are going to cover a lot of territory because between frauds and ransomware and and all the other things that are being tar- consumers are being targeted with consumers and corporations, I should say. We're going to learn a lot today because my guest is on top of what's going on. He's, he is John Grayo. He is the Vice President of Public Policy, Telecommunications and Fraud for the National Consumers League. And John, it's such a treat to have you back on the program. How are you? I'm doing well, Shirley. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Now, let's talk about one of the things that you mentioned to me before we started the program. And that was how the media hype is driving cryptocurrency and it's becoming an investment scam gold mine for the crooks, especially with losses coming among younger investments. Tell us what's going on. First off, describe cryptocurrency, if maybe I can understand it this time. So, uh, you know, when we think about currency, we think about things like dollars or pound sterling or euros or yen. Um, those are uh, the cryptocurrency is really a new form of currency uh, that's almost completely uh, unregulated, but it basically exists on the internet, and it's a way that more and more people are now uh, starting to use it as a as a as, as regular currency to buy and sell products. However, um, we've seen a lot of hype in recent months around uh, the the rising value of uh, different cryptocurrencies, things like Bitcoin or uh, Dogecoin or Ethereum. Uh, these, and these uh, currencies have wild swings in, in, in value. Uh, it's as if I told you that today a gallon of milk costs $2, tomorrow it might cost uh, $10, and the day after that a dollar might uh, buy you a gallon of milk. So it's, it's that kind of wild swings that I think has given cryptocurrencies uh, this real Wild West vibe. Uh, what's happened is that we're starting to see uh, increasing numbers of complaints from consumers who are victimized by scammers who are trying to key into all this hype around, uh, around Bitcoin, uh, for example, and defraud consumers. So just to put this in context, um, over the past, uh, since October 2020, uh, there have been nearly 7,000 people reporting losses of more than $80 million to cryptocurrency investment scams. Uh, that's a median loss of around $1,900. And, and to put that in context, that is uh, a nearly 1,000% uh, increase in reported losses since the same period in 2019. Uh, the thing about this is really interesting is that these scams are, are uh, predominantly affecting people younger people, so people who are 20 to 49. Uh, according to the FTC, they were over five times more likely to report losing money on cryptocurrency investment scams than older age groups, which makes sense. Uh, this is a demographic that tends to be more uh, comfortable with, uh, with technology, number one. Uh, they uh, may have more of a risk tolerance when it comes to their investment strategy. So it, it's not surprising to us to see that be the, the demographic that's, that's being hurt by these. The MO of how these cryptocurrency scams operate varies from scam to scam, but it often does things like promising you uh, rapid 
uh, uh, you know, rapid increases in your investment. You're going to make two, three, four times your money guaranteed in just a few days. We've seen scammers impersonating well-known celebrities who are associated with cryptocurrencies, people like Tesla's Elon Musk, uh, to try and get people to send them money for a giveaway. Somebody claiming to be Elon Musk on Instagram may say, send me $10 worth of Bitcoin and I'll send you back 100 when in reality, it's all a scam. It's just designed to get you to continue to send money to scammers to line their pockets and not yours. So one of the one of the hallmarks of these scams would be that the promise of great returns on your money, which can't be guaranteed in any kind of a trading system. That's right. Uh, I, I think it's a rule of thumb whether we're talking about uh, cryptocurrency or we're talking about gold investment scams. Those are a big worry of ours right now with uh, all these inflation fears that are going on in the news. Um, to, uh, to, to, to rare coins. Uh, we've seen all of these being hawked by scammers as sort of a safe, guaranteed return investment vehicle that's gonna get you uh, a lot of money in the end. And uh, you know, no investment comes without a certain amount of risk. So that's the big red flag we want consumers to be on the lookout for. Anybody who's promising you guaranteed returns is almost certainly trying to enrich themselves, not you. Yeah, I mean, that's been the hallmark of scams down through the years, and it certainly isn't any different than what we're seeing involving the cryptocurrency or gold or silver. I guess gold is really the hot item right now, but silver, I'm sure it could be up there with it as well. Um, what about what are some of the primary areas of investment that are being sold um, online or being offered online where you use your bit your Bitcoin? to invest in it, is, are there particular types of investments that are being offered besides the gold and, and uh, that sort of thing? Well, it, it's not sort of investments that you are using cryptocurrency to buy, right? I'm not being said, spend your Bitcoin to buy uh, oil leases in Texas or something uh -huh. like that. You're actually being asked to buy more Bitcoin, more of the currency. So in that way, it's a lot like these gold buying scams. Uh, where they try and sell you on the fact that this is a guaranteed investment uh, that you're never going to lose any money on, and you just need to keep if you and if you know you don't make money at first, just keep putting more money in, and that's how you're going to make uh, your, your your big payday at the end. Um, in reality, you know these are uh, these are, are scams. All you're going to do is uh, lose your money, um, and uh, you may even give up things like let's say you're somebody who actually was already into Bitcoin before and uh, you're asked to provide sort of keys to your Bitcoin or cryptocurrency wallet, well, then the scammers can just get in and take all your money. So I think my advice to consumers is that if somebody comes to you and claims to have some sort of Bitcoin investment, uh, it's for most consumers, it's going to be a scam. I'd say just steer clear of this. Even if you're a really savvy investor, uh, you know, really do your due diligence. This is such a wild west. The regulation is still... Uh, behind the technology curve on this. And so um, any money that you are asked to invest in, in Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency, that should be money that you're prepared to lose uh, because uh, the chances that you'll make your money back uh, with a profit, I think, are, uh, are, are pretty slim right now. Wow. <laughs> That's certainly different from what we, we hear about the investment in Bitcoin, uh, in cryptocurrency, I should say, in, in general. You, you know, thank you for that analysis, uh, John. That's, that's really, that helped me a lot to understand what's going on with it. I'm not into that market, I have to admit. And um, 
don't plan on being anytime soon because I don't really understand it. And I should never invest in something I don't understand. So anyway, let's just uh, take a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is John Breo. He's the Vice President of Public Policy for Tel... Excuse me. He's Vice President of Public Policy, Telecommunications, and Fraud at the National Consumers League. And uh, we've been uh, describing about the problems, how the hype of cryptocurrency is leading to some investment scam losses, which are really rather steep and affecting many of our younger population. But let's move on to one of the things that's been in the headlines lately, and that is malware or ransomware that's being put, excuse me, put the ransomware that is uh, affecting many of the things in our country. Uh, Most recently was, of course, the gas pipeline, uh, the gas company that was uh, hacked, or I guess what I should say is they had ransomware placed into their system. And if they didn't pay money, and I guess they ended up paying several million dollars, did they not? Uh, Yes. So unfortunately, what is being reported now is that the uh, company behind the Colonial Pipeline, which was the one that was uh, shut down by this ransomware attack, uh, that they did pay a ransom uh, as part of uh, their negotiations with the scammers who had uh, infected their system with uh, ransomware. Um, You know, for, you know, the millions of consumers in the Southeast who sat in gas lines, uh, you know, trying to fill up their tanks, um, you know, that's going to sound like, okay, uh, the gas is running again, it was worth paying that ransom. But the, the truth is that when the, if you talk to law enforcement agencies like the FBI, uh, they really caution against uh, businesses or consumers paying these ransoms when you've been affected by uh, a ransomware attack. Uh, that's because it emboldens uh, the, the scammers, uh, they course, have turned, success. Yeah. yeah uh, they, they have really turned ransomware into, uh, a very highly organized, uh, industry. It, it's, it's really its own industry now, uh, where they found that it's, uh, it's possible to get back, uh, really high rates of profit with very little risk. Um, we were just talking about that with cryptocurrency. I'll tell you for scammers, ransomware is something where they actually are making a lot of money. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with ransomware, uh, you know, what happens in a ransomware attack, whether we're talking about a big company uh, like the Colonial Pipeline or just you know you yourself on your on your own home computer, uh, is that somebody somewhere, uh, either you or somebody in your household or somebody at a company, will uh, click on a link, for example, uh, in a in a mysterious email or open an attachment, or the hackers may find another way into the system, and they will uh, lock up all of the systems, all the files. Uh, in uh, the computer. For your average consumer, uh, you know, you may not be able to use your your computer at all until uh, you can find a way to either restore, you know, know, wipe your computer and start everything from scratch or pay the ransom to unlock all those files. Um, These files are encrypted uh, and it's it's virtually impossible for consumers to unencrypt that without paying, getting the key and getting the key means you pay the ransom. Well, are we, do we stand a, a fighting chance against this? We seem to have some awfully smart people who are targeting our companies and our consumers with uh, the ransomware, because I've been hearing about this for quite some time. It's nothing new. And here we have a, a company 
hit with it that has affected millions of consumers. I mean, yes, there were gas lines here in Washington. Some gas stations closed because they didn't have a supply of gas. And then, of course, there was a run on it when people heard that that there was a shortage of gas. Then everybody gets in line at the gas station, which just makes the issue worse. So where do we stand, John, in the fight against stuff like this? This is not something new. It's been going on for a while. Well, I'd say at least right now, it seems like the bad guys have the upper hand. Um, you know, Are we not the, smart enough? Are we not mean enough? We're not crooked enough? What, is, what do we need to do to defeat it? Well, I think this latest hack uh, and, and the real world consequences of it, uh, you talked about people in Washington uh, being unable to, to get gas at all, uh, is a real wake up call. Um, We've seen uh, President Biden with an executive order now on this. And I think we're gonna, it's gonna be a turning point where uh, government and businesses um, start to invest a lot more time and energy uh, in uh, finding ways to harden their systems against these ransomware attacks. Listen, these attacks are gonna still happen. Um, and as long as, as uh, computer code is written by humans, there's gonna be opportunities for hackers to break into it and cause mischief for their own gain. But uh, with additional resources and, and, and uh, investment in, in these systems in redundancy uh, for when one system goes down, you can bring another one up to replace it. Um, those are all ways that I think we're going to start to fight back against this. Is it going to go away anytime soon? I don't think so. Uh, but I think that this latest hack is really uh, going to sharpen a lot of people's uh, minds when it comes to, to going after uh, the problem of ransomware. And, you know, standing in a gas line can be the least of your problems. Uh, we've seen in the past year, uh, hospitals, for example, they got shut down by ransomware attacks. That means people who need surgery aren't getting surgery because they can't access electronic health records. Um, so it, it's really, I mean, it's not a hyperbole to say that this ransomware problem can be a life or death issue for, for a lot of people. Yes, um, that is absolutely right. You, and not only have they been shut down by ransomware, but they've also been barred uh, so that their systems are overloaded and they can't access data. Right. I, I would say for your average consumer, uh, you know, a couple of things are going to help you uh, reduce your risk of falling victim to a ransomware attack. Number one, backup, backup, backup. So ba backup your system, backup your files back up your photos of your friends and loved ones that you don't want to lose. That way, if your computer ever does get shut down uh, by a ransomware attack, uh, you can, rather than paying the ransom, which may or may not unlock it, or the ransomware, the crooks may be able to come back in and re-encrypt everything for another ransom, you'll have this backup to go to where you can wipe your computer, reinstall everything. You may need some professional help with that, but at least the files that you really care about are, are protected. And I would say when you back them up, you know, don't even leave them attached to your computer. You know, put them on a hard drive that you can leave in a, in a safe deposit box or another safe place in your home, um, just so you have that to go back to if everything goes wrong. Um, the second tip for consumers is gonna be uh, what we've said for, for many years, which is don't click on any links or any attachment in emails that you have even the slightest uh, 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 worry about whether it's legitimate or not. Right, um, and, and you know, even getting emails and things from your friends, you can't be certain that they haven't been hacked because I've had that happen to me. I yes. Mean, not hacked, but where I've had people send me uh, supposedly pictures 
and they, I knew it wasn't from these people. I knew that I just knew better. There was something just sounded wrong about it. And it turns out that they, they had been compromised. Yes. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, make sure that you are uh, wary of that. Make sure your browser and your operating systems uh, are all up to date. If you haven't hit that software update button in a long time, or you're ignoring those notifications that you need to update, um, take care of that. That's really, I think, one of the fastest and easiest ways for consumers to reduce their risk of falling victim. Yeah, and that's what we, we like, things that we can do easily. Let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is John Breo. He's the Vice President of Public Policy, Telecommunications, and Fraud with the National Consumers League. And we're talking about various frauds that are that are targeting consumers. And we've just been talking about the importance of backup and um, making sure that you're very careful in what you're clicking on. Do do consumers really fall down on protecting themselves? I'm not trying to blame consumers, but do we get a sense of, you know, like I'm sitting here in my office, what, what pe can people possibly do to me? They can do an awful lot, can't they? Well, you know, there's no silver bullet. Uh, so we talk a lot about uh, reducing your risk. And there are steps that anyone can take to reduce their risk. Uh, I talked a little bit earlier about uh, avoiding clicking on those links or attachments uh, that you, you're concerned about, even if it looks like it's coming from somebody you know and trust. Right. Uh, their, their account could have been hacked. Um, install those updates. You know, uh, you're not alone in this. Uh, the people who make your, your browser, the people who make your operating system for your home computer uh, and your cell phone, um, they are constantly updating uh, those to try and make them as safe as possible. Um, you know, be aware that, that these attacks can come through unexpected places. Uh, it could be a, a message you get on Facebook, for example, from a friend, or a text message that you get that you're not sure about. Um, so be aware that, that, that there are a lot of ways these attacks can come in, but taking those steps, turning on updates, uh, uh, not uh, downloading, not clicking on attachments or links that you're not sure about. Um, so you're, you're saying you're talking about the text. That says to me that I, my phone is vulnerable and that I need to make certain that I've got all the security protections on it that I have on my computer. Uh, yes. So uh, having your updates turned on on, on most uh, cell phones uh, is probably going to be enough for, for a lot of consumers. Uh, you know, cell phones, why they are certainly uh, a vector for these scams, what we've seen in these text messages, for example, is where you are uh, clicking a link and it sends you to a website where you're asked to put in sensitive information. Ah, so this okay. could be sort of a, a password and username. Uh, for say a bank account or, uh, or or your Facebook account that the scammers then go and use to, to hack into your accounts that way. Uh, so, um, you know, but certainly clicking on uh, on links or attachments on your PC uh, can can also lead to directly to hacking that, that way as well. Well, what are some of the other things that plague us because we're on the internet, we use it, we search, we find all kinds of information and we end up at fake web pages. And that is another big problem that consumers need to be aware of, um, that web pages are set up that look like one thing and they really aren't. Um, there's been a whole spate of, of, of websites, especially um, before the pandemic, of websites that were set up to look like hotel reservation centers. 
Um, so what are some of the things that you can encounter just when you're innocently searching and getting to a website? How do you make sure it's a legit web website? Well, there are a lot of ways that you can uh, find out if a website is, is legitimate or not. Um, number one is uh, take a look at the, the web address. So the www.whatever.com. Uh, to the left of that, there should be a lock. Uh, uh, if there, if it's, there's a lock there, uh, that means that the, the connection is secure, um, which reduces the risk. Uh, if, there, if it's not locked, uh, you, know, you may be on a riskier site. Um, look for things like uh, misspellings of common words or, or grammar that doesn't seem to make like, like it was written by a native English speaker. Those can be telltale signs that the site was created by a scammer. Uh, or actually I've found adding one letter to the email, uh, the web address to make it look like a company. You read it, uh, in it hastily and you think it's the company, but it isn't. Yeah, that's another way that the that, that that scammers It's so easy operate. to do and people, we do we pay that much attention? Well, the scammers count on people, or at least enough people not paying attention that they can mm -hmm. make money off of this. So uh, certainly take a look, make sure the URL is, is uh, what you think it is. Uh, although sometimes we've seen scammers who put in a, a button that looks like a, a URL for a site that you know and trust, mm -hmm. uh, but then it sends you to a different website. Uh, you know, be very careful about providing any kind of sensitive personal information, uh, on, like, a, like a bank account number, for example, or a social security number um, on websites, unless you're absolutely certain uh, of, you know, that it's a good website, um, it, particularly with when it comes to financial. Um, and then, then there's courses, the, uh, the internet cafes or whatever you want to call them when you're using uh, open um, web links, you, you know, some cities have them, you can go to the, be in a part of a city and you can log onto a website using their internet, but you have to be very careful about that as well, don't you? Yeah, so using public Wi-Fi uh, can certainly be, uh, 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 particularly if it's if it's a a, a, a it's it's a technique called honeypotting. Um, this is where crooks will set up what looks like a free Wi-Fi hotspot, uh, and when you log in, it basically just hoovers up all the information that you send. So if you're putting in your uh, uh, login and password information, it would get that. So uh, our advice to consumers is that if uh, you're being offered free Wi-Fi, particularly in a public place like a like a park, for example. Um, be wary uh, of, of using that. If you're concerned about uh, uh, the security of that network, uh, you know, wait till you get to your home network to do sensitive things like, uh, like, like bank transactions or, or even checking email um, or use your phone's hotspot. Many people have, uh, you know, they can turn their phone to a little uh, Wi-Fi hotspot and connect to that instead of the public Wi-Fi. Um, those are all ways that consumers can reduce their risk of falling victim to that particular kind of scam. So really, we've just got to try to be smarter than the crooks. Well, I think what we try and do is uh, is take the kind of steps to reduce your risk. The crooks are, uh, listen, the crooks are, 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 this is their job. They are at <laughs> this 24-7. That's how they make seven. money. <laughs> that's how they make money. Uh, that's right. They're at this 24-7. They're always looking for And, and they have a very, very high incentive. John, uh, this is such wonderful information. We're just running out of time. Give uh, our listeners your email, uh, excuse me, your web address so that consumers can go there. You all have some wonderful information on your website. Yes. Uh, all of this information on how to reduce your risk is at www.fraud.org. That's www.fraud.org.
should be able to remember that. John, it's been great talking with you. You've given us a lot of useful information and hopefully some things that will make people stop and think two or three times with what they're doing online. Anyway, we are so delighted to have had you. My guest has been John Brayo. He's the Vice President of Public Policy, Telecommunications and Fraud with the National Consumers League. And I'm Shirley Rooker. You can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. Thank you so much for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.